When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your post Pilates gear, those funkified running shoes, they could all smell like a new car. Thanks to the MyGM Rewards card, you'll earn four points for every dollar spent on all purchases everywhere. And seven total points for every dollar spent with GM. Earn towards a brand new GM ride with every yoga mat and spa treatment. That's the power of appreciation. From us to you. Namaste, y'all. Subject to credit approval, terms and limitations apply. Visit MyGMRewardsCard.com. You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash castawaypodcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 50, yes, 50, yes, I'll say it again, 50 of Potteroonie. Over 50 episodes we've interviewed uh, last week, Neil Delamer, the week before, Jason Byrne, before that, Ardla Hanlon, Frank Kelly... Uh, Mundi Cotterin Reardon from the Pogues and uh, Brezzy. Oh, God, some amazing guests. Absolutely brilliant. And I can't believe we've got to 50. So thanks for listening. Wherever you're at there, if you're if you're uh, jogging or inside running on a treadmill or driving your car or cooking the dinner or just lying in bed or having an afternoon lie down on the couch or sitting on your garden seat whatever you're doing thanks a million for listening because if you weren't listening i'm just a guy talking to myself here so i mean i do that anyway at home and quite often and and sometimes even record myself talking or singing some kind of bullshit idea that just came into my head some idea that I was just wandering around the kitchen and just started yapping in a feckin funny voice i went oh that's funny and I take out the phone and record it. I've got about 30 or 40 of those little 30-second recordings of... Like, I don't know if I ever do anything with them, but I do that a lot. So talking to myself isn't anything new. So if you're not listening, that's okay. Because I, uh, I enjoy this. I enjoy this nattering. I, but thanks for listening. And thanks to Jack Cody for sponsoring the podcast. Jack Cody is a wonderful craft beer that is brewed in Drogheda. Uh, there's Ma, there's Smiggy, which is one of my favourites, I'd say, if I'm having an old bit of cheese, that kind of thing. Last night I had a Duxie, which was a, a lovely... Uh, well, let me have a look now at the bottle, because it's a, it's, a, it's a grapefruit tea pale ale, so you've got a different flavour there. And I liked it. I had a bottle there while I watched the uh, drama Versailles. Have you seen Versailles? It's a lot of, uh, obviously set in the palace in Versailles, but a lot of violence and a little bit of, ooh, ooh, how's your father going on there? Boobies and what have you and all sorts of crack. <laughs> oh, it's very funny. The very the end of the first episode is hilarious, but um, I won't spoil it for you. Uh, yeah, on this episode, I've got Garrod Farley. Garrod has been uh, 
performing stand-up for a good few years now on the scene, and uh, he's got a podcast as well called Fascinated, and he's interviewed a few good people on that, and he he, he kind of goes for uh, people that interest him, and they would be, uh, well, quite a few of them are in the pop genre, so uh, certainly, uh, it was an eye-opener for me listening to his podcast, so it was well worth having a listen. Um... Oh, I've got a very busy, yes, yeah, so an interesting weekend coming up. And it's like one of those weekends where I get a bit, oh, uh, a little bit tense because I've got a lot of traveling to do. So on Friday, I'm heading down to Cologlin in Kerry to do a gig in Cologlin. And I must come back that same night. And that is such an enormous drive. I mean, there's motorway for to Limerick or just past Limerick. And then it's. It's not motorway, basically, so it's tough going and um, do the game. I have to come back because I'm doing the Forbidden Fruit Festival this Saturday afternoon, so I've got to be back. And and this Saturday night, I'm doing the cat laughs. So when I think of that, I think, oh, my God. It's not that I'm nervous about doing the gigs or anything. It's just the practicalities of it, the getting to everything on time and leaving and not forgetting anything and having enough underwear and um, socks and clean shirts and the passes into the parking area in the Forbidden Fruit make sure I have all that and that I get there on time and that I have a lead for the guitar and that everything works okay and that I... That's what I think about. It's not really... When I'm on stage, it's, that's, that's grand. So, and then on Sunday, I'm doing the improv, the cat laughs. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back here to draw to maybe Saturday night anyway because... Terry Hooley is doing a DJ set in uh, Odd Molly's and Drawed, and I'd like to interview him for the podcast. And you know Terry Hooley, if you don't know him, well, he's amazing because he had a record shop in Belfast back during the Troubles, and um, all the kind of punks were coming in there, and perhaps it was the only place if you, that uh, Catholics and Protestant kids could mix, and it was non-denominational <laughs> record shop, which, uh, you know, obviously... That seems a bit stupid, but I mean, at the time, I guess that was a big thing. And uh, and he discovered the the undertones and and lots of great Northern Ireland bands. So uh, I'd like to interview him. Yeah. Uh, so he's doing a set, and so I might come back on Saturday night and and see if I can meet him on Sunday before I go down to back down to Kilkenny. Yeah, that's the kind of effort I put in for this podcast. And uh, I've I've interviewed a few great people coming up, and there's a girl called. Her name is Emma, but she's a uh, feather is her band on her name. And she came in and she's brilliant. She's fucking brilliant. I, I just think she's an undiscovered gem of a brilliant person. And she will be discovered very quickly. Uh, and she came in and sang a few songs and they're beautiful. I can't wait to put that out. You're going to love that. So, um, listen, uh, I won't hold you up any longer, but like if you're, it's your first time listening, and even if it's your not your first time listening, what the feck, will you just give me a review and a five star rating on the on the iTunes, and uh, and if you want to suggest anyone to interview or or give me any uh, feedback, uh, you can email me at mjoerooney at gmail.com If you have any ideas for guests that you'd like to hear on the show, give me a Email and uh, now I'm gonna have you listen to Gerard Farley. Bye.
I can't find, hear myself through my own head oh, headphones. Uh, I can hear you too yeah yeah madoobidoo um, this is really annoying because I do like to you can't hear you can you can't well, hear you I, am I making uh, am I making um, see the mic two 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 there you go I don't think I was up wow that's really uh, um, uh, I, I'm a producer now <laughs> you look very comfortable with that like just pushing those knobs and buttons like yeah you know exactly what you're doing yeah 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 it's like feed the world <laughs> oh yeah yeah Fact oh you've got uh, one uh, earphone on and the other one off that is proper um, that's proper band-aid that's yeah, yeah we're just band-aid. gonna go for another one <laughs> yeah 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 oh uh, yeah uh, so how you Garrett alright I'm good yeah not too bad that's too good bad. good it to see it feels like summer good to see you I don't see you very much. I know. I think yeah. that's the gas thing about comedy is that you you know all these people and then you see them maybe once a year. Uh, I know. And it's kind of like, I have to have a podcast to, to keep up. To actually everyone. catch up with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> and to find out about them. Because yeah, exactly. basically I just end up meeting them in a dressing room somewhere and go, hey, yeah, how you doing? All right, yeah. What are you what's, doing? What's the crowd like? Yeah, uh, they're okay. That's, <laughs> that's the like, level of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're miserable it's Friday night they're locked <laughs> no yeah and you never get to know anyone yeah yeah it's weird actually isn't it because we see each other uh, at very intense situations it's like constantly meeting your friends at a funeral yeah <laughs> it is yeah, yeah. yeah quite stressful situation yeah yeah, yeah it is. Um, and then if you go out and then you come off stage and you're in a completely different vibe than the person who hasn't gone on yet yeah exactly and then once I'm off stage all I can think of oh, I can't wait to go home I know, yeah. Oh, get back out of in that car, <laughs> go home and watch a bit of Netflix. Oh, yeah, and, and meet my friends who are well balanced. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The people that have real jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I salvage a bit of Saturday night? Can I? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just hanging around with these emotionally scarred people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're all damaged. <laughs> um, okay, well, listen, I've been listening to your podcast and it's really, it's really, uh, you know what I didn't know about you is that you're such a big fan of pop music. Yeah, I was, oh God, I was, I buried my head in Smash Hits, I think from the yeah. age of 13 to whenever Smash Hits ended. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I I used to, I always found that my my taste in pop music was completely different to everybody else. Yeah. But there were no other lads <laughs> that I was in school with that thought, you mm. know, who have a really cracking single out, it's the twins from Neighbours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was always on the back foot with music. Like, I do remember one time when I was at school, uh, one of the lads that sat beside me finding a books this tape in my bag. Right. Uh, yeah. That's so, yeah, pop music. <laughs> not good. I remember... Uh, <laughs> that was... Uh, it's not good, girl. That's not good. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is good. It is good, but it's not good at school. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big yellow Walkman. I was like, what's your problem? <laughs> Pardon me if I just want to be a little bit happy during the day. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, I remember coming, uh, going out to, uh, for lunch. I went to school in Drada uh, in first year when I, and I bought an ABBA poster and I came back with it rolled up, you know. But, yeah. but obviously some people go, what have you got in your bag? And pulls it out. And it's a habit. Like, it's I mean, because it, it's like um, Iron Maiden or Tin Lizzy, that they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? not ABBA. Not ABBA. Not ABBA. No, Which is ridiculous. But the thing about ABBA is, though, they had some great, the artwork for ABBA albums Yeah, was absolutely amazing. Yeah, okay. Let so me think. you could have, you could get away yeah. with it in that like the cover of things like Super Trooper with the acrobats and stuff. All right, yeah. Like they were all and kind Arrival. of like, that was an album, wasn't it? Yes, Arrival they were all kind of real vintage sort of uh, yeah. 
probably not vintage at the time. <laughs> no, not at the time. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry. Can you? Well, uh, sorry. I, <laughs> I tried to mime that to you. Sorry. So what's going on? Take a drink of water. What? <laughs> sorry. I tried to mime to Garrod to pull the mic. Pull the mic closer. Yeah. Imagine like I, I was I, drinking I, I, a pint. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come for a pint? I was like, yeah, just when we're done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think they expect about an hour, don't they? <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, no, but ABBA, they wore all blue. Uh, at one point, they all wore blue, uh, kind of shiny satin, satin type. Uh, yeah. Mat- not matching, but it's slightly gas- matching. Too. Uh, it's really weird you brought up ABBA because I, I was listening to a live album of ABBA there recently. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how exactly the same uh, as the as the recordings are sounded. Like, they were actually really talented because you don't think yeah. of pop musicians essentially as being uh, massively talented like maybe, the, the, the range of those they songs were, of they're difficult they were, yeah. to sing along to yeah you know like they like they go, they go you know absolutely and the production is you know, yeah and they recreated yeah. all that live at a Did time they, yeah. when there was no you know there wasn't all the all the beeps and the bipping and the bopping and the buttons <laughs> that create like yeah. pop music today if you go and see a concert you know yeah. uh, but they, and they did it all live it was quite, quite oh, impressive that's cool. yeah because yeah, actually I saw the one of my first uh, movies as well was the ABBA tour of Australia the first one I saw it in the cinema my sister brought me to oh yes and uh, I really I was just in love with that girl the blonde girl Ag- uh, Agnita oh yeah just yeah in yeah. love with her yeah and um, yeah that was amazing because <laughs> The Australians went crazy for them, but there was one part where uh, there was lots of reports about her bum, and they're like, "Why are they into my bum?" You I know? remember yeah. that actually. And yeah. wasn't isn't that movie? That's the one where there's this creepy kind of fan guy that following them or something. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's actually a very good movie. But it feels like they said, "Let's make a movie today." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it feels very, you know. Uh, I would just we just throw this together. Oh yeah, it's kind of like Spice World of its day. Oh yeah, there's no real story. The bum thing is a slight story. Yeah, that's, that's a story. And then there's a and shot it, of her doing this, waving her bums like, "Why are they all talking about my bum?" Uh, yeah. And then she's in her spandex with no knickers on, waving at the crowd. It's like maybe it's that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you got an interview, and, and I remember there's interviews with people about the name and like, "Abba, Abba's in the Bible, you know." Yeah, because the, the Abba is oh, like, yeah, uh, God. and so they're kind of making out. Yeah, actually, it's in the Bible, so it's cool to like Abba. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I liked Abba, yeah, but I liked Donna Summer as well. And you mentioned Donna Summer quite a bit in the. Uh, oh, I'm, uh, yeah. Well, I actually I uh, well, interviewed you, somebody you, that worked with her. Uh, what's that? Uh, Mike Stock. Yeah. Mike Stock, I can water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he told me some bizarre things about Donna Summer. I didn't realize, I didn't know much about her, to be honest. Mm. Um, but. But he uh, said she was turned religious, didn't she? Yeah, she went hyper religious and, mm. like, she said something about uh, gay people and AIDS being the punishment oh, yeah. for. Uh, it was. That's you know, crazy. and and they were like, hmm, this is a bit of a PR disaster. <laughs> so we need to come like back with a good icon. record, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, and he produced an album then for like he yeah. was he was a very interesting man actually. That was an interesting interview. Yeah, and again, I would have been one of the people who would go, oh my god, Stock Aiken Waterman, I hate them. I know, yeah, and mm. I, I think that's one of the reasons actually uh, behind the podcast is because I think when I was a kid, I was always in the back foot with the pop artists that I like mm. and yet I would always try and say well you know here's an interesting story about this and they would be like yeah really but like the music's crap so mm. I think when I started doing the podcast I wanted to, I wanted a little bit of where are they now mm. but also I just wanted to interview the people that I wanted to talk to 
you know, mm. but like not necessarily people I knew, which is why the podcast doesn't come out that often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah. it's so hard to get. Like, I mean, I think you're good. You can interview people you know, but I, I find that really difficult. Like, I can't, right. like, people that I know, I just find it very difficult to put them in and say, so here we are, we're going to talk about you. <laughs> yeah. I don't like talking about other people. Well, actually, you know what? I find it interesting because uh, some of the people uh, that turn out to be amazing interviews are really surprise me. And I would say, like, for example, I interviewed Anne Skelly, who's 19 actress on rock, working on Red Rock. And I said to Andrew, this, oh, I'd say this only last half an hour. She's 19. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what has she done in her life? Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. She people was, like really interesting and funny and had a really way out views on education and stuff. Yeah, I think I, that's the thing. Like, everybody is just more than what this folk line about them is. You know, I mean, you just mm. think, uh, one of the ones I did recently was um, the A Girl from Bewitched. Mm, uh, I and that, yeah. uh, I, I didn't like Bewitched. Not that I didn't like them, I didn't know much about them. My sister at the album, and I just thought, yeah, she, I'm sure she's an interesting story to tell. Mm. Uh, and she was brilliant. Like, what was the most interesting thing about her was, <clears throat> she clearly didn't give a fuck, like. Mm. She just said, I, you know, she was like, I'm going to say this. I'm, you know, she was quite blunt and quite direct, and she did a real... Um, she just kind of I don't know I don't know how to describe yeah. her but when someone's really self-assured yeah. in what they say and they'll just say something like I don't care what you think of this like uh, she was just a really interesting person like yeah she, I liked what she said about uh, well the fact is her brother was in uh, Boys On right yeah yeah and yet she, they were rehearsing in Diggs Lane for a year and they said no we don't want to go near Louis Walsh yeah. even though they had that connection exactly <laughs> isn't that gaff I, uh, I, I just found her so impressive and uh, she, it's almost uh, like she was bull thick She's yeah. like, if he can do this, I can do this. Yeah. And, and she did, like, and you kind of go, God, that's, yeah, she was really interesting. I really, I genuinely liked her. Like, I mean, I don't always come away from those interviews particularly liking the person, you know, yeah. you know, um, you know, when you hang up, like, oh, I won't be talking to them again, you know, because we're from very different worlds. Yeah. But she, I thought, was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And the other one was uh, the girl that you met here, uh, and you, she's um, Mark Ronson, she sings with Mark Ronson, that, What's oh uh, yeah, um, Kiani Star. Kiani Star. That was a bonkers story. Like I know. And that, like what happened was it was me and PJ. Mm. Uh, he he does the show on Classic Hits, and I was in there to plug uh, the Fringe show. I think mm. uh, that was dealing with Chris Kent. So we went in, did the interview, and then we just went for a coffee and we got talking to this girl um, because we thought she worked. Uh, at a venue that had just opened down with the point and we were like what's what's going on in there Cause she, or just because her hoodie was the same colour as the venue we assumed <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah. you must be a waitress <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and that, the conversation went on a little bit and then she was like well no actually I'm, I'm a singer we're like we never what do you mean singer <laughs> and she was like yeah. yeah I was performing in there last night and then she pointed at the point Jeez. and we were like no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we we got the whole story. But uh, yeah, she was very interesting. She's like huge, like so. Yeah, like, she's really huge. Like, yeah, and she's yeah. and she also had this amazing backstory about she was from like a she's you know the Bible belt. Yeah. She got pregnant. She was kicked out of the choir. That was the only place she could sing. Mm. And it's just so random that we ran into her in the like the foyer of the Gibson Hotel buying coffee. Like, I know it it's amazing. Very and, she, and she was brilliant. Well, she was a great interview. Wasn't she? Yeah, she, she really so, was. She was. Yeah. She was just. Um, again, she was like. I think maybe like you were saying about Anne Skelly, just someone at the start of their career and so full of all of that enthusiasm and holy shit, look what, look what happened, look what I'm doing. You know, uh, yeah. and, and also, I don't know if this is true with Anne Skelly, but you get the impression that, oh, uh, she hasn't been touched by anyone from PR. No one's, no one's come and said, no, don't say that. And 
don't curse and you know you know what I mean I know yeah and yeah. it's really interesting because I think that that's going to be the way it will go Mm. You know, because I think like we were just talking there beforehand, like about podcasting, and that mm. it's, sometimes it's very difficult to listen to one of those PR'd interviews that mm. are ten minutes to plug a book or a, or a record or something, yeah. and go, that's pretty dull. Like you're, you're, that's the same interview. I could the next interview you do will be the same as that. You know, yep. um, whereas podcasting, people are just so honest in themselves, and I do think it makes people um, buy into them a little bit more. You know, you're more interested in that person, like uh, like what you were saying about Mike Stock. Yeah, yeah. You know, you no. kind of go, God, I never really rated him. Then you listen and go, God, that, it is really impressive when you hear the story yeah. of a life, you know? Well, what I was impressed with was that uh, they were just bringing out so many records that he was basically, I don't know, he, he said he got up at whatever, seven in the morning and went into the yeah. studio, listened to what they produced the night before, then went off to write a few songs. Or yeah, something. I know. You know what I mean? It was unreal. It was like, <laughs> and especially when he'd yeah. had, at that time, they were, they were churning out so many hits. Like at that point, they were they got to the point where they were knocking themselves off number one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the money's rolling in. So, mm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, <laughs> it would take it. Like, relax for a bit. If, yeah, if I earned what he earned in a week, if I, I'd be, well, I'm, clearly I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Game over. Thank you very much. It's been lovely. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess yeah, he, he loves it. He loves it. So do you, where did you grow up, Garrod? Uh, I grew up in... Uh, Fingless. It was essentially Fingless, but I mean, I think technically, like it is Glasnevin. It's a little parish of Glasnevin called you're sticking Ballygall. With Fingless because well, uh, most people go the other way. I would always. Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> because I used to get taxis home and I'd say, "Oh, Glasnevin," and then when they get to me, I'd go, "This is Fingless." <laughs> you know what? It's just going to be easier. But actually, in okay. talking about saying I'm from Fingless, the odd time I do run into a neighbour and say. Hold on a second. This isn't Fingless, excuse right. me. <laughs> so, right. but it's yeah, it's Ballygall, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Uh, Whereas you two were just dying to say they were from Ballymun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I have to say, that you two were not. They were not Ballymun. They were nowhere near Ballymun. You two were Cedarwood Road. Right. Yeah. And I was. I lived in Cedarwood Rise. Which is actually closer to Ballymun, and we weren't Ballymun, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you two, now to piss all over your crowd here, but you weren't. You were yeah. Cedarwood Road, uh, which yeah. was uh, just around the corner. And that was proper, like that was very nice, very leafy Cedarwood. <laughs> this is what you can do when you when you make it in another country where they they're never going to really check, are they? <laughs> I know exactly. It's like Colin Farrell and his, yeah. you know, his uh, his accent was a bit like that. And he's from Castle Knock. You're like, oh, hold on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I know, but and so you, but you were your class and uh, did you go to school there, primary school there? Yeah, I went mm. to uh, first of all, I went to the Mother of Divine Grace for three years. What the Mother of Divine Grace? What a name Excuse for me. a school! Very fancy. <laughs> the Mother of Divine. the Mother of Divine Grace, uh, and I was there till first class. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we, yeah. it's a girls' school, but you, you go yeah. junior, senior, and first class. So then I uh, moved across the road to uh, proper Finglas, Dallasal mm. for second to sixth class. Yeah. which was hell on earth <laughs> Jesus Christ and then I went to St Kevin's and was it in De La Salle that you were starting to listen to pop do you remember your first uh, record yeah your first? I, I know what my first record was yeah, actually yeah. yeah my first record was Mel and Kim Respectable ah that's a good one <laughs> yeah I love that one yeah take. Uh, there was that and what else was there it's such Jeez. a rebellious yeah word. we'll never be respectable we will never be respectable <laughs> uh, that was my first record well, and uh, mm. what else who was it like back then it was Tiffany and yeah. uh, Kylie Minogue and mm. all of those they were all starting to come out like uh just around that that time it was gas I mean I remember at one point we had a teacher who was a big R.E.M. fan 
Yeah. Who I remember him taking one of my friends' copy of Smash Hits and throwing it across the room. Teacher did that. Yeah, because it had given a really shitty review <laughs> to an Enya single. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's like, you're a big OEM fan. I mean, how middle of the road? You're thrown across the room because Enya got a bad review. And he was talking about the fluffiness of pop music. I was like, you know what? <laughs> you, even at the time, I thought, you need to cop on here. <laughs> I know, but, I know. It's such a... Uh, you know, people who, who are into, uh, uh, inverted commas, serious music, you know. Re- like, yeah. They, you know, like, uh, down you on their nose on the whole... Uh, pop thing yeah they really do I really felt it at that time mm. and now I just thought is there anything more insignificant <laughs> than somebody's musical taste I know I know you know like it's <laughs> but I was like that too I was terrible I mean if I was going out with a girl I'd look through her record collection and then if I saw something like, <laughs> like I'd be like I'm not sure about this relationship <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know if in 10 years' time I can li- I could be listening to Bananarama. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's over. <laughs> it's terrible snobbiness or stupidity. Yeah, it's gas, isn't it? Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, God, that was... Um, but yeah. I, I used to get smash hits. Uh, so I, I'm a bit a good bit older than you, I'd say. So I was buying Enemy and smash hits. <laughs> so... So both sides of the thing. Yeah, it was, it was like the enemy. That was more, way more cred, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, I don't know what it's like now. I think it's gone a bit trashy now. But it, back then it was like, you know, it was Joy Division and serious Yeah, stuff. yeah. But there was a lot of good pop uh, like ABC uh, that well, me and my friends would have loved. There was like yeah. kind of cred- credible pop. <laughs> yeah, I think it all... Well, humanly, around ABC, like, this was before a year 10, maybe. Like late 90s, it all became a little bit trashy, didn't it? I mm. mean, it was all of a sudden, all the magazines were just as much about soap stars or about, you know... Um, you know, they became movie magazines as well. And it was all just about famous people. Right, all, yeah, so Then yeah. it all just fell, fell apart. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there was like, the, the pop thing is a good, I mean, like Sister Sledge loved them growing up. Um, I don't know who sang You Can Ring My Bell. Do you know that song? You oh, yeah, yeah. My bell. Love Very that. good. It's <laughs> very early in the morning, Joe. Look at you up there. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, they were great. But I mean, that's the sort of thing that gets you through school, doesn't it? Like, I mean, uh, it's the whole idea. You come home from school and you just put on your tapes. Like, it was yeah. just, um, it was great. It's amazing. Um, yeah, and I remember, like, I, I remember one of my friends, Kev, and we used to to walk to school with our respective Walkmans on. Oh, really? You know, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> just like, yeah. Eternal have a new single out, Kev, so you're going to have to just keep your, keep your counsel there for a moment. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, God, it's gas. And do you remember going to your first gig? Or was that I, remember, I do well, remember do you, my first gig. you remember. Yes. You're not that fucking old. My but. first gig, <laughs> my first gig is so tragic, I yeah. have to say. My first gig was uh, Dina Carroll Dina. in the Point Depot. Uh, and was, uh, do you here. remember Dina Carroll at the only no. tonight don't be a stranger you okay know? I know that song uh, she well yeah that was mid, it was like late 90s I think and yeah. uh, it was my first gig at the Point Depot and I went on my own did you yeah yeah I went on my own none of my friends were interested and I was like well I'm going and I don't know what age I was I mean I was quite young and I remember oh. my parents kind of looking really concerned saying there's nobody going to the gig with you and I was like no and they were are you making friends yeah are you okay, are you okay <laughs> I was like Garrett? look I'm making friends clearly it's Dina Carroll that has the problem here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I just went happy as Larry off I went uh, cool. bought myself a programme <laughs> 
Yeah. What do you think, Black? Jesus, it's so depressing. But uh, went to the gig, had a ball. Yeah. And my dad picked me up at half ten and my tone. He was like, how was Dina Carroll? I was like, she was absolutely fantastic. Ah. <laughs> it was a weird, so, yeah, a weird first gig story. But yeah. Oh, that's so, lovely. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, I think I was just quite, you know, self-assured. Go my own way. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, do you know uh, what age you were? Or do you remember what age you were? I can't remember. Jesus, no. it must have been... Well, yeah, I was 15. 15, you're in secondary. Yeah, yeah I was. It was yeah. secondary anyway, yeah. I think my round junior cert maybe or somewhere. Okay, well. But yeah. <laughs> my first gig was Alina Lovitch. I don't know if you know Alina Lovitch. She did... Um, my lucky numbers one. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that one? <laughs> you don't know that, do you? No, no but anyway, that was her hit. Alina uh, <laughs> Lovitch. I've never heard of Alina uh, Lovitch. She's oh, German. Uh, she had about two hits. Oh, right. Oh, we'll look it up after. Her. Can we? Um, yeah. Play it. I'll play God. it on YouTube. Jeez, I wonder what happened to Lena Lovitch. I thought she's probably still gigging. I, I think I mentioned it to somebody and that she's still gigging in Eastern Europe or something. <laughs> <laughs> just they wheel her out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Just two songs, Lena, now just the hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But she had loads of stuff tied in her hair, little bits of cloth and dreadlocks and stuff. She's oh my cool. God. Oh, she's Cool, cool. Um, so, uh, okay. Um, and so, what did you ha- hang out with then? With did you meet the uh, like-minded pop uh, uh, kind? No, of not fans? really. I mean, no. Um, <laughs> I like all my friends. We all have rap, like massively different music tastes. Oh, yeah. Like when we were at school, we were we were kind of a little bit of motley crew. Like my friend Kev, he was more credible. Kind mm. of stuff like Guns N' Roses. And, right. Uh, but then there would be like Simon and Garfunkel in there, and who else would he? Oh, yeah. he, we, he, um, Very broad. But then you see, he would give me CDs, you know, like Skunk and Nancy, and I go, oh, they're good, aren't they? Uh, um, mm. Or who else? Uh, R.E.M. as well. Um, and then one of my other friends, he was kind of like into more Massive Attack and all of that sort of God, stuff. God, I love Massive Attack. You know? I loved Ma- Blue Lines, that album. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. uh, I, I'm terrible. I don't know albums or. or right, you know, okay. But I remember we used to just, we would swap CDs, like, or tape CDs. Did you have tapes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. And I remember well, actually you, a school you, tour that we went on. Mm. Actually, speaking of Abbott, we went to, we went to Switzerland, yeah. uh, which is very fancy. Mm. Uh, and I don't know why, but. For some reason, somebody had a copy of Abba Gold. <laughs> like, God knows why. But, uh, and they put it on on the bus. <laughs> like, we weren't driving on the coach because like, we weren't flying. So it was cheaper. Get you the ferry to see Bogart. to Switzerland. Yeah, I know. We were on the coach for, we were on the, it felt like days. Yeah, yeah. But Abba Gold was all they planned. <laughs> Like, I think we had about 10 hours of Abba yeah, Gold. Yeah. And at this point, like, by the time we got there, it was like, Jesus, I'm actually even getting a bit sick again if I hear gimme, gimme, gimme one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people were gay on that bus until right. afterwards. They were like, oh, maybe, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It's funny, actually, I was thinking that the other day, that, that uh, there was a time when you might only have one or two tapes. And you played them all the time. Yeah. Because you couldn't download stuff, right? So Yeah, exactly. So. I, like, I remember I had a case. You know, like mm. one of those cassette cases? Yeah. Uh, and I think there was maybe 12 spaces in it. And all yeah. my tapes were in there for, I don't know how many years, was, but a long time. Yeah. You know, before you... We have obviously no money. No, no money as you well. You know, like, because that's, you... That's it. You know, like, I certainly wasn't given money that would buy me a single every week or, you know, yeah. like, it was, um, it was weird, yeah, when you look back. And uh, the other thing was you used to tape 
tapes of off the radio do you remember doing that <laughs> I remember sitting at the radio all day waiting to take my finger off pause when they played the new you know so you had these tape of all your favourite songs and there's always some bastard DJ at the end of it at the end <laughs> yeah. yeah and you go <laughs> they, didn't, they, didn't, they wouldn't wait till the end of the song I, I know yeah and that wasn't like they haven't even done the key change and then start up with the next song and it's really weird because some songs now I can actually still hear like when you listen to the CD version, yeah. it was like that was where Tony Fenton would come in. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird, yeah. Actually, I, I remember I recorded a, a Navis Costello album off a vinyl record and there's a skip in one of the songs. And if I don't hear that skip, yeah. I'm looking for that skip yeah, when it you comes do. I think, it, I think it's the first few times you hear a song, particularly one that you love, I think if, yeah. there, if there's something in there, you're, I, and I think that's what happened with people changing from vinyl to CD you know a lot of people really stuck with vinyl because they were like no no the, this little imperfection I need it you know yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's what makes the song the kind of yeah um, did, you, did you do any music yourself did you Did you? Um, I used to play guitar and piano oh right cool yeah yeah um, well, no, I was never very good at either <laughs> actually and it's really weird because I, mm. I finished my day job actually last year um, and I realised so last year yeah what yeah I, I had That's a day job for a long long time well yeah. you see like what happened to me with comedy was <laughs> I started comedy like I worked in IT for years yeah so when I started comedy I was 27 28 yeah and I I had just got a mortgage yeah because I was working in IT for years yeah, I just yeah. did what you do you buy mm. an apartment um, and so I could never leave because at uh, the time I got a one of these fixed uh, five year oh, yeah, yeah. mortgages like, mm-hmm. and I was getting like I had a massive mortgage Extreme, you know yeah. and then all of a sudden I, I do remember actually my, the day I uh, knew that the apartment was going through like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the sale mm-hmm. uh, was the day I did my first open spot in um, the Roisin Dove and I remember being on the phone to them and uh, saying I'm not going to you know in my head I was saying we're going to do an open spot like and I was having this like I'm going to just quit this rat race and devote my life to comedy you know mm-hmm. um, so it was, it was always a little bit of a mixed thing going on but then when things started to go well uh, I just had to I just had to like I needed the money for the mortgage yeah. this bastard of a mortgage so I just had to keep my day job and uh, I would just go gig at night and do a lot of stuff at night um, which is sorry that's my <laughs> phone how unprofessional is that sorry Jesus Christ it's a very fancy phone Joe it's an iPhone iPhone 6 Plus is it? 6. Oh, it's not Plus 6S or whatever Very Six fancy something. The um, Yeah so It was just It just right, took okay, a while cool. to So what, you, you, were, you were in college in Galway were you? Or what, what no was I was uh, I was I, I went to college up here No I was going down to Galway to do uh, the Roisin Dove But that's where you my got first your first open spot Right uh, yeah. No i done But it was the first You know when you get a When Kevin gives you an open spot Yeah It's kind of like Oh yeah, yeah. This is a this is a good, this is a good open spot. I have to do well here, you know, because mm. um, previously I'd done you know Battle of the Axe, and um, mm. I just started to get gigs in the international and mm. stuff. And maybe maybe the Laughter Lounge was kind of mm. my got my first open spot there or something. Um, and and so where did you go? You went to college in Dublin. What did you went do? To college in Dublin. I did business studies. Business, right? Disaster. Mm. Like, should what the fuck? Like. <laughs> I did, what happened was I did a diploma in business studies mm. uh, left after three years hated it absolutely hated it because um, I found college made me really introverted mm. like because I was in my own little gang in school uh, and then when I went to college I knew nobody and I found it I just I kind of retreated I think a little bit mm. um, so I was like oh I have to get out of here um, so I did a diploma and I went back years later and then I did a to finish the degree at night like 
and then I did uh, Gaiety School of Acting and then I did an MA oh, so that, that's when you started performing maybe um, or did well it was before that you see what I did was I was doing a lot of the amateur stuff oh yeah yeah for like I, I did you know years of panto and I did uh, loads of musicals oh. um, I what did, musicals oh god Jesus can you sing then? You can sing. Nah, not anymore. I could. I, could, I was grand in the chorus, you know, but yeah. like, I did a few, a couple of singing parts. Like, I was yeah. in Hot Mikado when I was in. Yeah. Um, Is Hot Mikado something to do with. It's the Mikado, but it's yeah. like the, 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 the black Mikado. Oh, right, yeah. I think is what it was originally called. So okay. it's all soul yeah. gospel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I did what did I do, Kiss the Spider Woman. That was an. Oh, God. That was one of my first musicals, and it was. Uh, one of the most amazing experiences ever because like I, like I don't know if you know much about the amateur scene no but the it's so it's so dedicated yeah people are so committed and the shows because I mean there isn't really a professional musical theatre scene in Ireland oh. the shows are so well put together and the, one of the first ones I ever did was uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman and it was this amazing production like it was I couldn't be, I, I couldn't believe I was in it like you know I was just in the chorus you know mm. uh, in the very very back you know uh, but it's a very serious musical and it's the the story of you know um, it's all human rights and there's a, yes. two guys in prison and uh, and that that was 1999 yeah, I think it's the film alright though yeah, yeah. It's, it's based on the film right, okay. but it's um that was amazing we went to Waterford with that for the Festival of Light Opera and stuff and I think oh. there's 13 awards and we won 9 of them wow. so that was one of my first I, like the experience that was just it was unbelievable so I'd done a lot of stuff in the amateur scene like I did plays um, like one of I suppose my one of my favourites was I did um, Billy Liar oh wow yeah I played Billy and it was actually it was directed by uh, it was Simon Delaney cast me actually no way I was just going to mention Simon Delaney I've interviewed him here in the podcast and he it just talks about the amateur scene he, he's an amazing in glowing guy. terms you know he's such an advocate for it as well yeah. because I mean when he was doing really well like I mean when we were doing Billy Liar he was uh, making a movie with Dan Aykroyd yeah yeah a movie called On the Nose and everyone was like what's Dan Aykroyd like I didn't give a shit about Dan Aykroyd because he was working with Glennis Barber she was in that as well who was in Dempsey and Makepeace oh right yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was just yeah Simon he's a brilliant guy like, yeah. but even when he was doing really really well he went back and he did amateur well what would be called amateur productions but um, right. you know uh, yeah he's, he's, he's sounds amazing sounds like an amazing scene actually yeah and he like he really um, he just taught me a lot of stuff that no like if you don't get acting training and mm. you know you don't hear these things whereas he would say you know you listen to this guy you know and you know just right he you was don't brilliant. just say you're like you listen to what's been said to you yeah and yeah. I mean and react he was a real um, <laughs> he's a real comedy guy as well mm. like because Billy Liar it's, it's, it's a lovely it's a lovely play like um, because the character is so He's so demented, really, and mm. he tortured, and uh, and he's got a lovely relationship with his grandmother, mm. um, and he he just wanted it to be funny at every single point. So he just really there were bits that you that are nice and touching, mm. but he would he would say you can find a nice laugh or a nice. He was all about finding little moments yeah. and little things, and he was brilliant to work with. Like he was a, he was really amazing, um, mm. and he actually met his wife. Oh, what uh, during that? I think he, I think they'd met each other beforehand, but they um, blocking the scene. There was a scene. I had a scene with uh, Lisa, who's Simon's wife mm. now. Probably shouldn't be saying this, but anyway. Uh, and it was a, uh, it was like a romantic snogging scene. Yeah. You know, uh, we were sitting on the couch, and 
I was making my hands up. <laughs> but um, I, I just, it was, it was all very awkward. And he was like, no, no, this, like, he sat in. This is how you do it. Yeah, this is how you do it. It was just the three of us. And I was just like, all right. All right, he's a very good actor, isn't he? And apparently after that rehearsal, he asked her out. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, she's a dancer, is she? He said she yeah, she is. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, um, yeah, she's great. Like, she does yeah. loads of stuff. But she's lovely. She was a really fun, like, really lovely girl. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah that was an amazing production like it was just it was so weird because it was the it was the Billy Liar or the Spider-Woman Kiss of the Spider-Woman sorry oh yeah well, but both of them really yeah, like, yeah, the Billy yeah. Liar was just yeah, yeah, it was yeah. incredible because I remember Simon saying to me and like this will actually show you how much he, he kind of cared about the whole thing he said we're going to need some of your school photographs yeah. I was like what do you want my school photographs for and it was like well there's a china cabinet just on the set so we're just going to put your school photographs and it was it was just really yeah the attention that, that was detail, paid right? yeah it was great it was really great like um, and where did that go on that was in that was in uh, a school in kind of Artane yeah. direction out wow, there yeah. Cameron is. Hall I think is what yeah, the camera, yeah. it was, he, it, there was a musical study called Cameron and mm. they Simon was very involved in them and uh, that, that was it was just going on there. Sounds amazing. Like this kind of uh, scene that's going on under the radar kind of. Yeah, it really is. Like and the, like mm. even now if you go and see an amateur musical, you know, I went to see 42nd Street a couple of weeks ago mm. uh, and I'd, I'd, I actually done, uh, I'd done another production with, of that with Simon. I hadn't seen it since then. I'm just knocked out by the talent of people that are, you know, well, now, tomorrow they're, go, they're teachers. And, and they're doing it for the love of it. Programmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of my first introduction to any sort of performing, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then I suppose. And would you do any of that stuff now, or are you just kind of? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heartbeat, yeah. Yeah. I really would like. I mean, mm. I had to kind of decide, like, with the day job, that you know, because I was doing telly things and some less successful than others. <laughs> and I kind of thought to myself, you know, a couple of years ago, um, around 2013, I thought because I think I did a lot in 2012, and I think I kind of did too much to be honest with you, because I was just I came out of 2012 so pissed off. Mm. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to just do stand-up. That's what I like doing. Mm. I just want to just be really good at doing stand-up. So, what so you, when you say you did a lot in 2012, you mean you did different... Yeah, like, in 2012, like, I did Neil's tour. I was doing a radio thing. Right, I was doing yeah. a Craig Doyle show. I was writing yeah. for this other thing. And, and it was just... I also did five days a week of a day job. Yeah, wow. You know, like, I was knackered. I was just permanently knackered. Yeah. Uh, then I, did, I saved all my annual leave that year to do in Edinburgh. Jesus, and I was just knackered, like, yeah. I, and I came out of um, at the Joan Rivers thing. Then, the, the, like at the at the end of the Joan Rivers thing was that was after Edinburgh, and I was like, oh fuck, this oh, was so explain sick. Explain the Joan Rivers thing. You oh, I did a support for her. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I did Baker Street with her, and then she uh, wanted me to do the one in the UK and stuff. It was all very nice, like it was lovely. But I mean, at the time I was so fucked off with stand up. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I'm knackered. And then the following year, I kind of decided, all right, I'm just going to. Just do stand-up. Yeah. Just try and get better at stand-up yeah. and be a good stand-up. Um, and it's only since I finished work now, uh, which is about a year ago, that I'm kind of going, God, I really like the idea of doing something with a cast. And Yeah. You know, that would be cool. It would be great to do that again. Yeah. Like, I went to Los Angeles last year and I did a, an improv course. Oh, yeah. Uh, at UCB. And just the... Uh, just for the crack, like, just thought, fuck it, I need to do something different. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, like working with a cast of people with a comedy instinct like it's just it's amazing like it's it really is. unbelievable like. well I do, I do the improv on Monday nights in, in the international yeah I mean that's I, I love it I mean I it's laugh it's incredible like I get so much out of it yeah 
just from doing it. And I never really understood improv, to be honest with you. Yeah. I never, like... Uh, A the, lot of stand-ups don't. No, I, 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 like, I just, I didn't, it was like I didn't get it. Like, I, I, But I always thought that the skill of improv is so special. Because, like, I mean, those moments when you're doing stand-up and something happens and you react to it or you throw, you know, when you improvise, I mean, they're the, they are the great moments of stand-up. Uh, of doing stand-up. Yeah, they absolutely are. And that was the only, that was what I had wanted to do when I did the course. It was like, let's just see how this all works, you know. Um, and it was only then that I kind of got it, that it's as much about what's going on between the people on the stage, irrespective of whether there's an audience there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah it's incredible. Like, uh, Yeah, I think so. I suppose it's basically it's a yes to everything you're giving them. Go with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is basically the one <laughs> rule. Yeah. It's, it's not to say no. It, like, if someone goes, oh, I like your hedgehog, you don't go, I haven't got a hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a lovely hedgehog, isn't it? <laughs> and it took me a while to get that. Yeah. You know, because, I, like, we got this, at the start of the course, she gave this big speech about, like, there is no room for judgment in this room. There is no room for, you know. Mm. It, and it just became this, because the course was two weeks and it was quite intense. Uh, and it, it, we just like formed this gang of people from all different walks of life. There was a guy from Scotland on it as well. Right. And it was just, it, it was amazing. It was only since doing that I thought, Jesus, how great would it be to be in a cast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it kind of really harked back to those those days. Like, Right, yeah. And so what, what made you think I want to do stand-up? Was was there, were you a fan of, com, you know, stand-up? Or yeah, like I, of, I, I used to go to um, the International. Yeah, to watch it because um, one of my friends, Kevin, he he was quite a, a stand-up fan. Yeah, um, so and Kevin we, at the REM. Kevin with REM. That's yeah. you're <laughs> you're all over it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. um, yeah, and do you know what? I I was only saying this to Barry Murphy recently. I used to always go. Do you remember those Barry Murphy comedy circus? Oh yeah, used to be on in Vicar Street. Yeah, you, did, yeah. you were on them as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like Flight of the Concords beyond them, oh, and yeah. the the Anne and Sue from the Nulas and. Mm. You know, Jason Byrne. Mm. And I used to just go to them. Mm. And I just thought... But I mean, I never went with a view to going, oh, I'd love to do that. It was mm. it was just literally like watching something. Yeah. You know. Um, and then I started to write little sketches and stuff like that because I directed a couple of pantos and I used to rewrite the script. And yeah. um, I used to enjoy the writing of it. Mm. You know, of writing a gag. Like, mm. it was always very satisfying. And then I used to do little bits in cabarets and stuff. And then just kind of discovered the open mic circuit because I'd only ever gone to see, you know, people, you know, names, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, discovered, okay, you can have a crack at this. And then, But then I, I was kind of strategic. I thought, you can go and you can work out the gags. That was what I liked. It was like, you can try the gags and if they're funny, then what you're writing becomes a better thing. Yep, yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and then I did these characters that were awful. <laughs> I was, like, I was desperate at the start. Like, I was shocking. And then uh, I was like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I had an open spot booked uh, for Simon in the Haypenny. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do stand-up. I'm going to do it as myself. Not a character. Right? Yeah, just, yeah. And I just thought, just as a solo on comedy. <laughs> All know, right, like, yeah. I, I, I had no interest. So this was like my final gig. Yeah, I'm just gonna exactly. And, and it was just, like, I, I did yeah. it with the, like, yeah. the cheek of me going in to do stand-up. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's seasoned, proper stand-ups in Dublin. Because, like, at that time, it was... That was things were exploding like yeah. the panel, naked camera, all that stuff was at the height, and yeah. so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll have a crack at this, and then it went well. Yeah. I, I I figured I'd die on my ass, like, but I you see, I'd spent the weekend writing jokes. 
So obviously on some level it did mean something to me, you know. Mm. So I went in and I did, uh, I did, Fred Cook emceed it actually. And I did, and it went well. And then Simon just emailed me and said, do you want to do another one? Right. So I was like, Oh, cool. right. Yeah, why not? And then literally, so for like the first year of comedy, I was always doing my last gig. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's always a bit freeing when, you know. Well, it's very freeing. You know, because that, if you're, uh, you know, because a lot of people were doing, going, I'm going to build a career here. And I was like, well, I'm never uh, doing this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you very much. Yeah. But, uh, and then, sure, you know, I did, um, you do competitions. You know, yeah. you start to. And before you realise it, then I was doing going to do free fringe in Edinburgh with a gang of us, and yeah. and then sure you're you're, you know, you're on, on your horse. way before you realise yeah. you're, you're yeah. But it's well, yeah. I actually did start off doing doing character stuff as well because I had a block about being myself or hearing my own voice on stage. Yeah. Did, did you feel that? Like, yeah, that completely. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as well as that, yeah. I didn't feel like. Uh, I was. I just wasn't confident enough. Yeah. Like I just wasn't that self-assured person. You know, I was. I, I was the person that in the in the gang would listen more. You know, like I mean, yeah. with my close near friends, friends. Like, of course, yeah. I was mouthy and you know I could just you know throw out gags or whatever. But in a group of new people, I'm I'm, I'm always I hang back. Like yeah, I, I really yeah. do. Like, and that's not. What I think what I do as well, and a lot of is. comedians aren't like that. Actually, I mean, if you're in a group of stand-up. Particularly men, anyway. I think there's always there's sometimes competition, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of cock waving. And uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, and uh, I I, I kind of back away from that. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't. I in looking at what my perception of comedy and stand up was, I didn't fit. Like for me, yeah. like it just didn't work. Like and as well as that, also I was gay. Like so, I wasn't. The, the, I didn't. See, or that, that wasn't was around. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think there was another gay stand-up at the mm. time. Like, I mean, you know, the, um, yeah. it wasn't. So for me, it just felt, oh no, no, no. Like, yeah. why, why would you? Why would you want? <laughs> to, yeah. Why would you want this? Like, no. Um, but then, you know, it, there's no drug like the audience. You know, no. Yeah. It just, you know, mm. when you get the laugh, Jesus. And did you ever think of going through the scene that kind of Catherine Lynch went through? This the kind of gay scene. The it's a different, completely no, different scene, isn't it? It's like it the, is, yeah. And like I yeah. wasn't really, I wasn't really on the gay scene either, you know, because no, like, no, it was. No. I I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't not, drink. It's that not much. like stand up anyway. It's more character. Yeah, it's very character and it's cabaret and cabaret. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I. I yeah. I, I, I just the gay scene didn't yeah, yeah. grab me you know I, I, yeah. of course I went out like every so often but like I wasn't um, I just never wasn't a regular on it yeah. you know I, I think as well because I just didn't like clubbing I wasn't really a drinker it just didn't mm. so it just never really fit like, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, your scene, yeah but it was, it was uh, and I see now I suppose that probably is a good way to go through it like because it's like well if you're if, if you can get an in somewhere then that's where to take it you know but I've like like I said, I'd no plan. Yeah, but it is a very different scene. I mean, if you're in stand up, that's not your. Scene. Yeah, that's I suppose. Like, I mean, I I, I just used to go, and I remember being really mm. insulted when people would ask me that, like the start, you know, I know where they were saying, I, "Oh, you've probably been going, you've probably been going for years on the gay scene." Have you? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "No, I haven't actually." <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, the yeah, yeah, I mean, also as well as that, there was kind of a. I kind of felt briefly brave, I suppose, when I was doing gigs. You know, at the start when you feel mm. you, you feel a bit courageous. Like I didn't tell anyone I was doing stand up for ages. Yeah. So it was kind of like it was this 
dirty little secret <laughs> that I had, you know, that I was I was going out and I was doing these gigs and they were and also that they were going well. You know, like they were, yeah. you know, and I thought, I kind of felt, gr- you feel great for a while and then you tell people and then there's, and we come see and there's a pressure and like, oh, for fuck's sake, it was better when I was just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I suppose nobody knew for ages until I won, I did a competition and I won it and I got in the paper. Mm. And of course, my name's Gerard Farrelly, like, so it's not John Smith. So yeah, I'm like, that's, yeah, well, yeah. And then you have to do a, yeah, do you stand up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, I hate people coming to see me uh, that I know. I, I, I love when people come to see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need an audience. <laughs> but uh, family or friends. <sighs> yeah, it. I mean, there's always that thing of judgment. You know, you always yeah. feel like, oh, this is, well, this, is the, this is it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> is this the career, is it? <laughs> but you're also kind of doing stuff that's a little bit personal and, you, and, and also may not be they might they, I think friends and family go, go that's not really true what you said I know yeah that's not why that happened at all yeah 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 uh, and that's definitely like that that's definitely with me because I, the, the nucleus of most of the things that I write about are yeah. it's what happened but it's yeah. it's not actually, actually what, what happened, happened. Yeah. and sometimes like you know with family the factual inaccur- inaccuracies they just can't get over by that. Like, <laughs> like, that's not the, you're like no. that's not the point everybody laughed yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah, you know what happened? The actual truth. What happened wasn't funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I've had some. Oh, I, I did Vicar Street one time and, and my sister sat in the front row and she was pissed. So I come out and uh, the first thing I see is just my sister falling off her st- And I'm like, I have to do an hour and a half here. And that that's the first thing oh, I Jesus, see. Yeah, like. it's, your fam- <laughs> but like your your family is just... It's just whenever they're around, you become the person you were, like when you were you were twelve. You know, it's like the scratch on the record; like oh, it doesn't yeah. change. You yeah. know, and when you, when you're on stage, you have to be conscious of all the big audience, and you have to be a little bit of a you know, I am showbiz. well able for this yeah. showbiz. Yeah, yeah. But to your family, there's like, what the fuck do you oh. think you're? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Put your hands <laughs> down. <laughs> Quiet yeah. fella at all the uh, parties. <laughs> exactly, and I think in the family as well, I was that quiet person, you yeah, know, because yeah. I have a load of sisters. All oh, right, right, and they never stop talking like, and and they do that thing of topping each other. Yeah, with guy like uh, me, my dad, and my brother, we were never involved in that. Like it was <laughs> pointless. It was just we, like as I always say, like you know, me, my dad, and my brother, we barely know each other because none of the girls have ever shut up for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I suppose that like that's what happens when you're, you know. But it's a different character. You're a person. You're a showbiz. It's you're on stage. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> Show that's, business. And um, and so you were saying, oh, we were talking earlier, and you said you find you find uh, doing the international a pressure a, a pressure kind of gig. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I sometimes think that the gigs that you that you cared about at the start, yeah, yeah, they're the ones that you always care about. Mm. You always go, geez, I hope this goes well. You know, like things like like the international, the like, lounge. Anyways, the international bars where, like, I suppose nearly everyone started. There's no microphone. It's a tiny room. It's where Dylan Moran started and Ardla Handlin and all that. Yeah, so yeah. And there's all that history, history all over the wall. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's I, I always feel pressure, and yet it's the place where I always go to try it if I'm want to do an hour like I do you know yeah. everyone books in do the week of previews yeah. um, which are my they're my absolute favourite thing in the world to do is a week of previews because you do you know you're just it's that thing of just like you throw your notebook on the ground and you're going right this is the way I reckon it would go like I love I love the new material like yeah. that's 
absolutely that's my favourite bit of stand up you know it's not, uh, isn't it the most scary thing to oh it's terrifying yeah mm. and they're looking at you going we saw you supporting Neil Delamere and you were funny and now and you're now only alright <laughs> yeah I know yeah <laughs> you know I'm but trying. that like I love I love just yeah. the fine stuff out but I, I think the international bar sometimes it's um the yeah I just always feel that there's a pressure you know mm. like I always feel I want to rip it <laughs> you know because you have oh, to yeah. prove yourself oh, yeah yeah you know? which is the worst uh, yeah and even then sometimes when you're like the headline you know like whereas yeah. you kind of go well okay I'm the one yes. to close the show you know so yeah. uh, but you yeah it's weird isn't it like it never goes away I think those little anxieties that you have at the start well the anxieties that I'd have now would be if I was doing the international I'd go Jesus I'm, I'm the I'm really old <laughs> but you see you know I think I think see I think what's happening is um I think audiences and I think particularly the younger audiences like mm. college gigs and stuff like that mm. I think they're becoming so conservative I, I totally agree with you I in, in this weird way it's like extreme liberalism to the point of conservatism I'll tell you what I did material I was talking to Joan McAnally about this I had this new line about I have to wear glasses now to read blah blah I, it's not particularly brain, but I, I do a bit where now I wouldn't put my glasses on if I was going down on a girl like make do with a blurred vagina <laughs> And the audiences are like, these are young people. Yeah. They're like in their 20s and they're like, oh, it's really weird, isn't what's it? What's wrong with you? Like I did this joke um, a couple of weeks, no, actually it's a few months ago now. Um, and it was about panty, mm. you know. Um, and it wasn't having a go at panty, Jesus. Like, yeah. but the joke, like I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the joke was. Yeah. The joke was that my mother would ring me during the referendum and she'd be talking about panty. Mm. being on the television and she but the, the whole thrust of the, well she didn't know Panty was a man yeah you know so it, the joke was really about my fictional mother yeah so the yeah. joke the, it was like you know oh she's absolutely she's fantastic she's a brilliant speaker and a terrible horsey looking young woman but you know it's just that yeah, yeah, conversation yeah, 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 yeah. you know and I did it and Jesus Christ I might as well have done a, like a, a a joke about some dark crazy yeah. paedophiles or something mm. I mean there was this woman just shaking her head as if to say how could you so basically the, they're thinking you're taking the piss out of panty is that yeah it? yeah and it was really weird and like the, but the, what I liked about that is because yeah. I, I love it when something pisses me off on stage yeah. and I was like hold on a minute here now yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been gay for 30 odd years love yeah. you've just <laughs> with your liberal values since the referendum I shut the fuck up and listen to what I'm saying you know yeah. because it just gets so um I think there's this new thing now and it comes, it comes so from social it's, media. It's uh, extreme liberalism where you cannot say anything yeah. that might, they might, they're not, it's not well, actually well, offensive I, but they're thinking, is this offensive? I, well, I think it's... <laughs> Am I offended? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think they're looking to be offended. Yeah, I think yeah, the, the, yeah. The, I think the new sense of self-worth is being able to condescend or, or, or feeling standing in judgment. Excuse me. You know, like, it's yeah. very, you know, Twitter and... Hold on a second. What did you say there? Now you can't. You know. Oh no, 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 no. Thank you very much. And my new role now is yeah. to, you know, to to stand up for the morally oppressed. You know. Yeah. And, and then you kind of think, well, why are you at a comedy gig? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you do know yeah. what comedy is, don't you? Yeah. Like You know. And it's not, not oh, that but you're it's punching not, down, but, but you're. It's not the. Uh, it's, if I at least listen to the joke, they're they're going. Oh, the subject matter. You're talking about uh, children or something. And you're going. Then it must be pedophilia. You must be, yeah, must yeah. be pedophilia. You're talking about. You're, it's, it's a really like, weird one. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Neve Marin. Neve Marin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she has this great joke. It, like, it's such. It's a joke that uh, it's about her being locked, mm. and about 
she's in the back of a taxi and the taxi man tells her uh, about, his, the, uh, about his son and his son happens to be Down syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the joke, I think, is really empowering, you know, uh, for Down syndrome people. Yeah. But they, the they audience here, Down syndrome, go, no way, joke. enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hold on a second here. But they, I think that's people's view of comedy is that like comedy is oh it's this dirty little thing now but we'll enjoy it you know but they, I don't think they can think that we can make this well it's like a statement they think about anything, you're going to go on you know? and just be nasty yeah you're not being nasty yeah it's weird <laughs> but I, 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 I notice that now in that younger audiences coming up like because I hate college gigs now and I just won't do them no well, because I get them <laughs> <laughs> so look at you <laughs> no I mean they don't, I don't get them that often but yeah. I just I think what is the fucking point of this like you're gonna yeah. stand in front of these people that have no parameters mm. for well, Life. it's true. They've no... Nothing uh, happened. I'm like, talking about relationships. You haven't even had one. Yeah, exactly. Like, who's <laughs> gone all the way? Seriously, <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the way. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, it's weird. I, I, I think it's so strange. Like, um, And I don't think that's in England. From no. what I've seen, you know... They're a bit um, more open. Yeah, I think so. I, I, maybe, I don't know, I, maybe it's just young people or maybe it's just two old men here that <laughs> think we're... <laughs> well... <laughs> think we've something to say to the world and the young people don't understand anything. Oh, I don't know. But, I, don't. I, yeah. do, I do feel that. I mean, Jesus Christ, if you're talking... Uh, if you feel I'm 50 and I'm more open-minded than fucking 20-year-olds, there's something weird Yeah, it's weird, that. isn't it? Yeah. Um... I don't know, like, um, I, I, I'd be interested to see, I, like, the thing about it is, though, comedy has changed so much, you know? Mm. Like, now, uh, someone made this really interesting point when I was talking to them there, uh, and she was saying that people, are, that younger generation, when comedy to them is this thing they watch on their phone, mm. you know, and that they don't laugh anymore. They go, oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of the, like, few spontaneous joys is like a good hearty laugh and they yeah. go oh, yeah, yeah that's funny yeah well done yeah. that was very good yeah and you're like what I know, yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah um, but um, I don't know I mean well I don't know I think people will find that you, I think it'll it's just gone through a bad scene where everyone wants to go see a name yeah. at the minute I think it will come back that people will just go to a comedy club yeah I but hope so because it, it, it I think that happened in America as well. It went through a dip in the 90s or something. Yeah. I mean, I think what's happening is, though, um, I suppose when I started, like we were talking, it was the the Mm. boom comedy. Mm. So I found that with every gig I did, I was always so prepared. Mm. Like, I prepared, like, for a seven-minute open spot, I would literally put three hours into just going, saying it to myself, kind of put more, you know, like, I really worked hard. And that was just because you go in and you could be like Neil Delamere could be in there Neil Delamere from the panel and you know, the, you know mm. Tommy Tiernan could be on uh, you mm. know everyone there were so many gigs around everybody was working out new stuff and yeah. you know so you're, you're just like I need to be be really on your I game I need to be on my game because mm. like anything can happen you never know who's going to be in that audience and any like any telly stuff I got was from the international mm. it was it was you know producers that were in the international around that time and now I think new people coming up they because they don't have the I suppose uh, they don't have those big telly names all around them or they're, they're, they're just used to them 
Yeah. And they feel that maybe comedy isn't exploding the way it was. They're not as prepared right, yeah. for those gigs. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I did a, a closed one of the, a competition uh, there last week. You know, it was the the headline, headline. You know, act. while they were making yeah, the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, some of the acts were very good and, and had put prep in. You know, but then the other ones were like you, you've just written this on the bus. Like, how <laughs> fucking dare you? <laughs> and you're in a competition. Yeah, and it's it's weird. Like. Um, did you find that that like so you you did you do a bit tour with Joan Rivers was it or did you um, I yeah, did yeah. Uh, I did two nights in Vicar Street yeah and I did um, and then she asked me to do this big gig in Brighton yeah because um, they were filming for her reality show okay because she had this reality show with her daughter yeah uh, so I went about two weeks later I went out to Brighton and mm. did, did this mm. four thousand theater or something like it was crazy wow but um, and how did you Fine working with her. Did you did you learn anything from just being? Yeah, I mean, she was just she was in charge. Yeah, you know, um, she she just knew exactly the way the show needed to be. Hmm. You know, she would she rehearse with the band. She'd rehearse, you know, with me, and then this happens, and then you know, she and also she was uh, the one thing she did say was like never apologize for anything, never, you know just you do mean, what you do yeah yeah you okay, know yeah, um, cool. she was brilliant she was just mm-hmm. a really nice woman and she also used to um, hold court you know like she if there was a group of people standing around waiting for something to happen she her job was to keep everyone entertained yeah so it was hilarious because I remember we were standing backstage in Vicar Street and there was me there was the woman who uh, was doing her costume she came in to just steam clean the coat yeah. that was her job uh, and there was the makeup artist mm-hmm. the, this guy that travelled with her and we were all just standing around uh, and she, Joan was gone about five minutes and then she just went so it's 1995 and I'm at the Oscars <laughs> you know? yeah. and you're like what? and then she just tells you this amazing story about how you know uh, Barbara Streisand was a bit of a cow you know yeah. it was it was amazing Like she was just she was such a nice woman and what and age was she then? she was about 70s? Uh, she was 79 yeah 79 yeah it was, it was really impressive because she did the gigs in Vicar Street as a warm up for the, the UK tour yeah um, so, and I think she'd just been on holidays mm. she did the Vicar Streets and then two weeks later I saw her in Brighton and there was a new 45 minutes in that show are you serious yeah it was very it was very impressive and she would record each show the, the audio would be recorded and they would type up the new bits and then the new bits would go on to she had like cards on the stage yeah. Like, because you mean she's 79 years of yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I was doing a Vicar Street, I'd have fucking cards on the yeah, stage, yeah. let me tell you. But, like, she, uh, she's very impressive. Uh, and she was so. Like, that's the thing, you know? Like, mention Barbara Streisand there. If Barbara Streisand did a concert, she'd be bringing down the keys of the songs. You know, she'd have everything she needed in her in ear things. Yeah. But if you're a comedian, you know, you get five minutes. You probably know that now from like Father's Head and stuff where they go yeah. oh that's him right you know? oh yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah and but you get five minutes grace for that it's like yeah. oh it's your man brilliant brilliant oh yeah but you know and that'll but get you over your first three your minutes first. and the next hour and a bit was like you better be you Boy. better be fucking good you better yeah, live yeah. up to this yeah which is and that's exactly what Joan Rivers got yeah you know because they're like it's Joan Rivers brilliant and then five minutes in they're like this better be good alright this was 50 quid <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 um, yeah yeah and she was 79 and she could do it she could tear a room apart like, and she could improv and you know like when people shout stuff out like she was yeah. on her game like. and do you think she was improvising a good bit of each show each night like was she coming yeah. up with new material each night yeah yeah she would she'd always have yeah. a gag like, but, and yeah. like she would say it to you 
Like a couple of times, yeah. like before the second show and before the third show, it was really weird because sometimes for brief minutes you'd feel like her equal. I think because she just liked being around comics because she would say, oh, I was thinking of saying this. What do you think of this? You know, and then you go, yeah, that's a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then she, you're like, fucking hell, you know. Yeah. But, but apparently she used to go and she would do an improvised gig once a week. Uh, this place in New York, the something Beacon thing. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she, like, it meant something to her, you know? That's yeah, astounding. and I mean, uh, her first gig in Vicar Street was brilliant uh, because she came out and she um, she came on stage and she got a standing ovation. Mm. Like, straight away, everyone yeah. was up and she's like, set the fuck down, it means <laughs> nothing at the start. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, wow. That's... Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was such, yeah, when do you get, like, the, that sort of... Um, like she was kind of a legend, you know. Like, uh, like I've even like I've been doing dates with them, um, Sarah Milliken as well. Yeah, uh, and it is a similar thing now. The, the difference is I knew I Sarah Milliken long before it all took off. You right, because like, you probably gave her she did the lounge the whole time. Yeah, and she was always her, over. And, yeah, yeah, always over and back to Ireland. And mm. um, but, and it's like I suppose that's. That's the 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 scary and the exciting thing about comedy is like mm. you don't know where your career will be uh, in, some, yeah it's true you know it's you don't know what it's around clinging on <laughs> yeah but like, but like and why wouldn't anyone well it's like Dave, jo- Dave Johns you know Dave Johns Dave, Dave Johns John, a Newcastle comedian he's, he's like late 50s maybe 60 but he's been doing the clothes for years and years and he's very 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 funny and then um, he got cast as the main uh, character in uh, Ken Loach so, oh wow and it's just amazing that something like that could happen yeah yeah he's gone off to Cannes and like you see that's the better way for it to happen. Hmm. You know, because how good is it, like, to be him? You know, he's 60 years of age, and then it's like, oh, things are taking off, are they? Well, because here's the thing. I happen to have eight hours of material. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I need never write a show for the yeah, rest yeah. of my life, and things will be pretty good for me, you know? Yeah. Which is brilliant. That's true. That's you know? True. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's the better way to do it, I think, than, I suppose, being coming in and well it is the one thing that I, I, I stand up has over an actor so an actor could have a great role in a, in a film but then they're waiting for their next role yeah so yeah stand up can just get on back of that and yeah <laughs> we can always change our mind about student gigs <laughs> yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah. thank you very much I would be glad of that <laughs> yeah, I know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's um, so it's cool that way yeah it is it's good isn't it hmm Anyway, we're going to wrap up. I love your podcast, I just want to say. Oh, and, thanks very uh, much. I've been uh, listening to loads of them in the last few days. And uh, yeah, so uh, I, you're bringing out, you're not a regular, it's not a regular weekly well, thing. Well, I, I always say it's two weekly, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have this thing in my head that I'll bring out one a month. Mm. Just, but it'll probably usually be more than that. Like, But I have just, if I just but, get one a month, because you see, it takes me four days to make an episode because I can never make a decision. <laughs> but what you do is you you really you you take someone that you've loved since you were like for example yeah Stock yeah from Stock Aker and yeah Walton Stock Aker and, and, and yeah him and, um, and I just kind yeah. of like I, I add clips and I interview mm. them and talk about them and try and do a synopsis of everything and yeah mm. it's very it's, it's that's great that's what I do as well but I've been months trying to get you Garrod and finally <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. you. oh god <laughs> yeah listen <laughs> but that's the difference you see that's the difference because I I do I only do. Uh, interviews with people that I'm really interested in like you I mean fair play to you're going you're, you're putting one out every single week that's, I'm that's, really interested <laughs> in you Garrod come on <laughs> that's what I'm trying to tell it's you a bad week is it <laughs> like fuck it I'll ask him fuck it <laughs> yeah no it's cool it's it's really good it's yeah. a really different angle actually to, completely for what I'm doing and it's yeah yeah really I, I think I 
really hope the podcast, I, well, it, it's, it will, mm. of course it will. It's going to be as big as radio. It's going to be as big as all of those things. Mm. And it is yeah. um, because it's a worldwide audience, you know, and you can be as niche as you want. That's, I just think that's brilliant. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and the fact is, you're not interrupted. You're, you've got no one saying, you better wind it up now. Yeah. That's five minutes to talk about your book. And now we go to ads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, God. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, it will take off. Anyway, it's called Fascinated. Fascinated. Yeah, and it's on, and it's on it's iTunes. On, it's and on. it's on TED stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks for Thank talking to me, Garrett. Oh, Thank absolutely. You. My pleasure. Garrowed Farley. Yes, Garrowed. Garrowed. Garrowed Farley. Not Gerard Farley, as I introduced him as. Sorry, Garrowed. Sorry about that. I don't know what got into my head. Maybe you look like Steve Gerrard. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, so uh, that was cool. And uh, Garrowed has a podcast called Fascinated. And it's on Head Stuff. Uh, and it's good. He's got a few interviews with. He got an interview with Stock from Stock Egg and Waterman, which I found very fascinating because of the. Well, listen to it and you'll find out why I find it fascinating. Or maybe you won't. But I found it fascinating. Yeah. So thank you for listening. And please, please, if you have any ideas or suggestions for someone that you would like to hear me interview, well, uh, yeah, send me an email at mjoerooney.com at gmail.com. Thank you to Jack Cody for sponsoring this podcast and for 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 uh, just making wonderful, excellent craft beer from the town of Drada. And thank you to Andrew Mangan for producing and thank you to Daniel Rooney for the music. Uh, I will be doing a couple of uh, gigs called in the uh, kind of Father Ted theme, called Father Ted, uh, coming up in June. Uh, one of them is in Mullingar on the 10th of June, and the next one is in the Mill Street Theatre on the 11th of June. And the one in Mullingar is in the Mullingar Arts Centre. Yeah. So please come along or you know log on to those websites and buy your tickets and... And uh, if you don't want to come, that's fine. Just buy the tickets. Um, yeah, so, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks again. And uh, next week, I, th- I have either Feather or Alison Spittle. It's up to me who I put out. I will be putting out Feather, actually. Feather, this brilliant singer. And um, she, just wait. She, she does a couple of songs that are excellent. So um, thank you again. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Just enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Goodbye. was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.